This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. This is the Thought Leaders interview and my name is Ali Mwakaneno Gakweli, your host. So I'm hanging out with Anthony Kirui today, the head of global markets in Kenya and Africa regional operations at APSA. And we want to talk about the recently released um, 2021 APSA Financial Markets Index, uh, specifically on how um, Kenya is performing in comparison with other countries and some of the things that um, stick out for the report. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you, Ali. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Anthony, one of the one of the things that um, I, I noticed from the report and just from the from the mini conference that we've had is the concern to um, deepen domestic markets, specifically um, looking at the participation of Kenyans versus foreigners on the local market. What are some of the things you think we can do in terms of uh, hedging the domestic markets against foreign outflows? To say. Well, thank you, Ali. And I think your question is a very important and critical question and is made, made even more important in this sort of season we've been in, in the midst of the global pandemic. Um, the importance of the domestic market and deepening the domestic market uh, is absolutely key to allowing our markets to be even deeper for the sake of attracting global capital and global capital flows, but at the same time being able to manage those global capital outflows. <laughs> so uh, I think what I see as being very critical is the way in which we start to establish and develop things like uh, uh, securities borrowing and lending facilitated by initiatives like the CSD, adoption of global uh, master agreements. So we've, we've talked today about the adoption of the JIMRA, for example. Uh, and the JIMRA, the global master uh, repo uh, agreement document allows for banks and financial institutions to create or sign up to a standardized document that eases the movement uh, of securities in a repo transaction. Uh, and generalizes or standardizes the terms that uh, support that, that transaction, such a transaction. And why this is critical when combined with the CSD is it allows for uh, true OTC markets to form. It allows for uh, participants and, and intermediaries in the market to be able to actually make two-way prices uh, in government securities uh, and allows them to actually create a market. And the liquidity that this then triggers allows for healthy turnover in, in our domestic markets, which is key not just for global investors, but for local investors as well. Uh, and is one of the things that we measure uh, within the AFME index. Still, um, still on the participation in, in local markets, just from the conversation that you had there, I noticed that you're a global market enthusiast and uh, we've seen what's been happening with companies like Robinhood, and especially with the advent of COVID, COVID-19. Um, and one of the things that was discussed in length today is ways to improve um, the participation, especially of young people in, in the markets. How do you think we can replicate that um, just looking at what's happening in global markets. So I think what I found very interesting was to hear both the CMA and NSC talk about 
uh, developing uh, day trading and the capability, the infrastructure to be able to support it, margin trading as well, uh, which will then allow applications from private individuals, similar to Robinhood, uh, to actually flourish because they then provide a platform for retail investors to access the domestic markets more easily and participate more fully. And that way you're able to actually create and generate that channel. Uh, I don't know if we'll get to a position where the retail investors possibly start to hold the more professional uh, investors at ransom, which we saw happen in the the US, but certainly it will be it will be an exciting time to see that happen. And we've got to appreciate that uh, Robin Hood existed prior to COVID happening, right? But uh, the take up has shot up tremendously. I, I think I remember seeing statistics something like twelve million uh, new uh, subscribers um, on that platform. Retail uh, investors who are trading across revenues and have signed up to Robinhood. That has happened over the COVID period because suddenly the world has become uh, more adaptable to using electronic or digital platforms in a bit to manage the risk around COVID. And I think this creates an opportunity for us to rethink how do we make our markets even more accessible and how do we ensure that the infrastructure we have supports that. And even that in itself will start to flow through in, in pillars in our index like market depth, which speaks to the level of turnover, uh, which is pillar one, uh, and also the sophistication level of the investors, which is in pillar four, which then also reflects um, the proportion of market turnover to assets um, under management, at least in particular for pension funds. I'm, I'm happy you, you've... you've um I like your imagination on the split between institutional investors in Kenya and retail investors. As as you've correctly seen, um, institutional investors in Kenya hold quite a bit of the money flowing in the in the, in the market. Mm. Um, but then, what we also notice is the is the appetite towards you know safe bets like um, treasury bonds. What do you think we need to do to start the waters for? the capital markets in Kenya, just to move towards um, other other bets? So I think part of the challenge is that the whole aspect of liquidity. So uh, I think when you are a large pension fund uh, manager, you're uh, sitting on investments that are generally not very liquid. So if you uh, see the value of your security you're holding, whether it's a stock or a bond rally, uh, rather than actually go into the market and trade it, in the back of your mind is how do I re-enter? And how do I re-enter with the same value? And will I be able to get that liquidity mm-hmm. uh, when I exit? And then I think this is why that aspect of security, borrowing and lending is, is absolutely key. On the one hand, a pension fund can potentially lend script to somebody who's looking to actually short a particular security or asset. Secondly, it allows the investor to actually participate in movements of that stock in either in either direction, whether it's rising or falling, because you're able to actually borrow and lend, you're able to actually short your position. And I think that is part of what's missing. What we have is essentially one half of the market where it's essentially a long strategy. You buy and hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be able to actually overcome that, you need the ability to uh, and a framework that will support that security borrowing and lending. So a big part of that is the infrastructure itself, 
of the agreements that we have in place. So we've talked about GIM, but there's also the aspect of the GMSLA, which is the Global Master Securities Lending Agreement, which also creates a standardized framework for lending in the fixed income and equities. And that's only been adopted by three countries on the continent, and that's Nigeria, South Africa, and more recently, Ghana. And what that actually allows is for a standardized framework that will also support securities borrowing and lending. And why these standardized frameworks or global master agreements are so important is because they they are borrow on best practice globally and the experiences of organizations such as ISDA uh, help to develop these uh, agreements, but they're also well understood. So if you're somebody who's an external investor, whether from within the continent or globally, you're able to understand the framework you're operating under when you know such and such master agreement is recognized and enforceable in the country you're investing. And that also just adds to that aspect of liquidity and freer movement of funds and helps to drive turnover and uh, disrupts the whole aspect of buying to hold because you're frightened that you may not have a problem either re-entering your investment or even exiting your portfolios. Um, lastly, as, as we wrap this interview, Anthony, um, what are your views on, on, on the US markets? How do you think um, some of the companies in US markets are overvalued, you know? Well, I mean, admittedly, that's probably a little bit out of my scope. Um, so I think what has happened, and certainly in the midst of COVID, is the significant rise in the availability of liquidity. Uh, and that liquidity is needed at all. Uh, that liquidity has also created an opportunity for markets to rally in the way that they have. So, you know, in a way, that effort in creating that liquidity was to continue to uh, fuel the machinery of global markets and US market. So I guess the question is what happens as uh, normalization starts to take place and that's the conversation uh, very much topical and has been topical for a while. Uh, whether inflation is transitory or indeed is here to stay and you keep hearing said members of the FOMC have views uh, that, it, that suggest that perhaps inflation is here to stay. And what does that mean from a lift-up perspective as the U.S. starts to normalize its interest rates uh, and normalize its, uh, its bond buyback growth uh, and some of the um, quantitative easing efforts that they have been making that have also supported the recovery of the economy but also down the line risk being inflation. So I think it's still this picture that's evolving. I think there's still a lot of talk about a lift-off happening towards the end of the year. There's still concerns about the labor market and the ability to actually get labor, which is a very interesting phenomenon we're seeing in the U.S. and perhaps is in many ways a symptom of what we've seen uh, as a result of the crisis. So I think my comments would be quite general. As I say, I'm not a specialist uh, in this area. But I think uh, really the timing of the liftoff uh, and indeed uh, what is expected as far as inflation is concerned and how that informs that will probably be what determines whether or not the US market, which has been in a strong rally, continue to maintain its rally, perhaps start to lose Thank you so much. To our listeners, you were listening to Anthony Kiri, the head of global markets, Kenya and Africa regional operations at APSA. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Be sure to check out the 2021 Africa Financial Markets Index. It's going to be right in the podcast description. Have a lovely day.